Praise the Lord. Father God, once again we surrender ourselves before you. We acknowledge your promises always there with us. Yes, Lord, here we are waiting upon you. Speak to us. Hide us behind your cross. Open our spiritual ears to hear your word. Let your word come to us as you want us to be. Bless us to receive your word as you want us. Let your name alone be exalted and glorified. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please take your seats. As I was uh, looking at the promise I had, and I thought that I have to prepare a message from this promise itself. And uh, I titled this message, the second part of the word, your hope will not be cut off. Yeah. That is the title of the message. Yes, our pastor prayed enough in relation to this verse and also what is our expectation individually about our spouses, parents, children, and so on. Yes, it is very true. Even the NKJV says, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. The hope is as he has prayed, the expectation. And uh, when I meditate this, I, I was reminded about the previous message about faith, which I have shared with you in December 3rd, about what kind of faith do you have? Under that title, Death Faith, demonic faith, and dynamic faith. In the same way, I wanted to divide this hope. So I thought of like this. So here, and uh, that is Ephesians 4, 4 and 5 says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. So it is, the scripture says there is one hope. Even though the scripture says well, there is only one faith, we have come across a different faith people are having. There are death faith, uh, death faith without work. There are demonic faith and dynamic faith. Great faith, little faith. These are all the terminology used in the Bible based on the experience of the people with God and His Word. In the same way, Proverbs 23, 18 says, there is surely a future hope for you. 
and your hope you will not be cut off. Surely there is year after, and your hope will not be cut off. Although faith and hope are closely linked together, but they should be clearly distinguished. Faith has a work to perform today, but hope cheers along the way and points towards the service. Faith comes by hearing a word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Hope comes by experience. That is, Romans 5, 4 says. Just listen to me very carefully. What is the faith? Faith comes by hearing. But hope comes by experience, by work. Romans 5, 3 to 4, if you look at it, we know that tribulation produces perseverance, and a perseverance to character, character to hope. So, character, the work. Faith, another thing, faith accepts the gift of promise. Faith accepts the gift of promise, but hope confidently expects the fulfillment of promise. Once again, I repeat this term. Faith accepts the gift of promises. Hope confidently expects the fulfillment of promises. The word of God says much about hope, but it never used the term to mean uncertainty or doubt. There are different terms, but never ever it doubts. And uh, it is wrong to use the scripture term to say, I hope I am a Christian. Is it right? If I say that statement, I hope I am a Christian. It is funny. It is a foolishness. I cannot say that. I am a Christian. How can I say that uh, I'm, I hope I am a Christian? So this is wrong. So it looks like I hope I am an Indian. I hope I am a Nigerian. Is it? It is already there. It is evident. So those statements are so funny. It is not the hope. You cannot hope for that. So it is wrong to use the scripture term for that. So let us examine three classes in the world today in, in respect to their relations to hope. And uh, there are those who have no hope, number one. And secondly, those who have false hope, second category or classes. Thirdly, those who have true hope. So now we are going to see what kind of hope we have. Definitely, we are not of the first category. Those who have hope. Amen? 
Why? You have hope, that's why you are here. Hello? So, we are not of this category, but still, let us see who are all comes under this no hope category or classes. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Ephesians, open your Bible. Chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that you, he is writing to the church, Ephesians church, you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by ants. Twelve. That at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. See the explanation? Who are the people who do not have hope? It is, even though it is written to Ephesians, it applies to us also. Why? We were. Read it in your place. Uh, keep, that, you, keep that you in that place and read it. You were. We were before knowing God. Before having Christ. We were aliens. We were Gentiles. We were without God. And simply the conclusion is, who are the people, those who do not hope, have hope? The one who do not know Christ, God. The one who do not hope in God. The one do not have Christ in their life. They are without hope. So hope is, according to God's word, there are those today are described as having no hope or without God in the world. Hope is essential to the human soul as faith is. A life without hope becomes an unendurable misery. It's a burden too. And it is dangerous to bear it. God himself recognized the necessity of hope from the for human soul, even it was in the earlier stage, in Genesis chapter 3, we read it. What he says, Adam and Eve had sinned. They were without hope. After they committed sin, they were without hope. What God made it? God thought that hope is necessary for them. He gave them hope. How is it? God considered them. 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. 
ye shall bruise your head and you shall bruise her heel from there the hope comes by the word so we have seen in ephesians 2:11 and 12 what paul says those who had no hope are those who are without god as he said ever since the origin of man man has to put hope either one or more gods you know who are the what are the gods it is not only the different names of the statues even the money is a god whoever whatever is comes between us and god and we give priority to, to that that became a god so in that so there are many gods in this world sadly one of the major causes of death among the even the teenagers today is a suicide sadly and uh, it is the present days many news comes about men and women teenagers committing suicide this is a season any news so many things have comes irrespective of age why husband wife husband wife with the children mother with the children teenagers after the result before the exam after the exam so it become unlimited the issue is very simple they have no hope they have no hope or their hope is in something else than god as we know who are the people those who do not have hope the one who has no god in their life so these people those who simply suicide it is because of that so there are many things as we are going to see and uh, no one is exempted but one thing we know it is a very terrible thing to know and hear on daily basis it is a painful thing so let us see what is a false hope is matthew 7:21 to 27 very quickly we read it it is a very familiar passage even last week also we had from this passage let us read Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 27 Not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of God will of my father in heaven Many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name and then I will declare to them I never knew you new you depart from me you who practices lawlessness 24 therefore whoever hears these saying of mine and does does them i will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock and the rain descended the floods came 
and the winds blew and the and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock verse 26 but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall sadly those who have false hope and more frequent and worse off than those who are having no hope why no hope person is easy to convince but uh, those who have false hope it's not easy let us go in detail they are not found only in the dark corners they are not found in the jungles i am telling about the no hope people those who are in our midst they are around us they are surrounded by us we come across them on daily basis so false hope is extremely worse than no hope at all a man who finds himself hopeless may be motivated to accept the true hope but one who has a false hope must admit his hopelessness so in the same way false hope seems to be self sufficient until times of testing comes how is it unless the test comes unless the wind and the rain comes he cannot be te- unless he was tested he may not be knowing who has a false hope so that much it is unless the trial comes they will not realize they are wrong they have a false hope so there are many things so that's why those who have a false hope are not built on the firm foundations for an example a drunkard man who thinks that he can quit or stop of drinking as he likes whenever i want i will stop it that's not a problem he may say that he is having a false hope in the same way a drug addict he might think that or say if you convince them not to do that he is having a false hope he will not accept it no problem it is not a big issue whenever i want it i will give up so their hope is on themselves or something else altogether it is a false hope so your church member who thinks that baptism membership or deeds is all that is necessary to escape from hell as a false hope do you understand what i am saying baptism will not save you or take you to heaven 
Of course, that is mandatory. That is the beginning. In the same way, the membership of the church, because I am the member of this church, heaven is assured to me. How come? No. These are all false hope. This is the reminder for us. Unless our hope is in the Lord, let us see it, other, 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 other kind of hope. And uh, this kind of things, if you have only the, in the church, your baptism or you are uh, taking part of it or serving all these things, may lead to a false hope if you are not keep it up. So the rebellious child who disobeys his father or parents thinks that he or she grown up and moved away from their actions as a false hope. So they might think that we have, this is the world and we have to be, and I am 21 or I am 18 and I have to do, I have all the things I know better than my parents. If any child thinks like that, you are under that category of false hope. Even sometimes, none of us are exempted. So the husband or wife who is unfaithful, not you. Who is unfaithful, yet thinks they are clever enough to get away with their actions as false hope. Hello? Are you sleeping? Is it boring? These are all the things which we are not very much here or familiar. It is hidden. So sometimes our, we, uh, we, even though we see spiritually we are blind, without knowing or aware of such thing, we are having, it is the, it, this uh, teaches us how we are fooling ourselves, having a false hope. Yes, hope is one. But in what other way we are we are, uh, um, what do you call, um, we ourselves are fooling it. So, aware, unaware of these things in our life. So, there are also those who believe in religious. They may be so religious, but not Christian. Christian means no Christ. They are also having a false hope. And uh, even Eli's sons, we know, and even though he was a prophet's son, but it is not promoted that they are righteous or having a good hope. They are also having a false hope. Okay, even wisdom that is not founded upon the fear of God is vanity and displeasure of spirit. Ecclesiastes chapter 118 says, for in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. False hope. If you think that you are so wise, so knowledgeable, 
your hope is there that is false hope that is griefs and sorrow there are those who believe in second chance beyond beyond our present life they believe that repentance can be made after some time after years or even after i die no that is false hope so there are those who believe in if they marry a unbeliever they can lead them to christ that is false hope believer marrying a unbeliever thinking that i will make that person and make him as a believer that is a false hope most women who marry a unsaved men wind up failing in their own christian life yes you may be a strong person and uh, you may think that it is possible i can make him i can make a i will win one soul if i marry an unbeliever i will make him the uh, accept christ i lead him to accept christ so that is the first soul god can save you are fooling yourself because you have a false hope so the list of false hope continues on and on even in our day and our age so be aware of what kind of hope we are having thirdly the true hope there are five things here bible says about hope hope can be always found in it is in the present and every situation number one is hope is never lost hope never lost it is the saving element of life nothing but it is a salvation through christ so sometimes it is difficult to see hope in a situation but bible says that true hope is unseen and if we can be hopeful for one thing such as our salvation which is also unseen salvation cannot be seen then we can be hopeful for other things too it is just that simple it is not my saying the scripture says romans 8:24 romans 8:24 for this hope we were saved but hope that is seen is no hope at all bible says this hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what they already have christ is our hope first corinthians 15:19 says if in this life only we have hope in christ we are of all men and most pitiable so christ should be our hope first corinthians chapter 15 verse 19 the second hope 
the Bible says is, about hope is, we can be confident in our hope. First thing, hope never lost. Secondly, we can be confident in hope. We can find rest when we confidently hope on the Lord. We have now understood that hope is unseen. But if it is unseen, can we trust it? After all, we can trust the chest and sit on it. And we, so these are all simple, simple day-to-day life what we are seeing. You are pouring coffee in the jug. You believe that it is, there is no hole in it. That's all. So this is the simple things. So likewise, there are things that we can trust without seeing. We can trust that our insurance company will cover the certain amount of losses or that the baking. Uh, so insurance is one of the things, major issue now. And uh, some of the past days and uh, people are not very much concerned about it. But I do not know. Now it is very much needed. It become a very basic for everything. I'm not go much detail about it. But that is unseen. True hope comes from one who created hope. Who is the creator of hope? God. God is the creator of hope. True hope comes by trusting God even when the circumstances are difficult. Whatever the circumstances you are, if I are trusting God, that's your hope. One way to know whether you are trusting God is whether you are obeying his word. Trust produces obedience, which produces hope, which results in joy and peace, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 verse 13 confirms that. Romans 15 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can trust. That is the true hope. That's what I expected. It is possible. See the, the accomplishment, joy, peace. Be your portion. If we have that hope, that hope is through the Holy Spirit of God. Fourthly, hope is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And a wonderful result of hope is delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. He gives us the power to hope, and that is demonstration of God's love for us. Hope given him works together to give us confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. That is the true gift of God. Paul writes, we should have desire to have gifts. It is not gift, more gifts. 
Last week we heard about all of us. We are having talent, talents. We are given gifts and how we are used it. First of all, are we in a position to acknowledge, understand, accept and believe that all of us are given gifts? That is the first step. If you are having acknowledge and you confidently say that, yes, I am given these talents and this is the gift, I am using it, and then you should desire for more gifts. If God-given gifts is not used and you are buried, how can you desire for it? So here, Romans 5, 5 says, actually 1 to 5 if you read it, and hope does not put us to shame. Hello? If we have the true hope, that hope, Bible says, Romans 5, 5, not put you to shame because God's love has been poured out into your heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Spirit of God is given to us. How many of you say that uh, you have a Spirit of God in you? Let me see. If you will you say amen to that? Yes. That's right. Fifthly, finally, hope endures. Hoping in God will never lead us into any depression or hopelessness. Because he has a plan for all of us. He has a plan for all of you. All of us means silent. All of you means amen. Huh? You don't want others to be blessed? So, because he has a plan for all of us who look to him, he has a future that is full of hope. That's why the promise for this month concludes there is surely a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. Will not be taken off. So I say, there is a small class for that. Closing verse. Titus 2, 13 to 15, if we read it. And just 13, I will read it. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who have himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. That's what you and me are. Hello? You and me are... Two things we are expected to do. Number one, 1 John 3, 3 says, All who have this hope in him purify themselves as he is pure. 
First thing we have to do, on daily basis we have to do, on regular basis we have to do, purify those who have this hope. As all of you say, Amen. For you, purify yourselves. In King James Version says, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Just he is pure. As he is holy, God wants us to be holy. Second thing, it is not only within you. First Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always ready to give defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that you have with mankind and fear. What does it mean? Testify about the hope what you have. Testify, whoever asks you, how is it your hope? Where is your hope? How it is possible with you? You should be able to explain. That is your testimony. You should have unshakable hope. The one who built on the rock. Your hope should be as a rock, as if as a rock. And if anyone asks, you should be able to do. Can you give such answer? Can you give such answer? Do you have such a hope? If that is you, the promise to you is your hope will not be cut off. Our hope in Christ, our hope in our salvation, our hope in the resurrection of our Lord, our hope is in eternity, our hope is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There we conclude. That is the true hope. We are blessed. We are blessed because our hope is in the Lord. We are blessed because we have God in us. Our hope is not in the world, not of the things of the world. Our hope is in the Lord. God bless you all. Before we go to the Lord's table, may I request that we all stand and just think back on what we have heard for the last 30 minutes or so. Let's just thank God. Okay, in your own ways, whichever way you want to do so, just thank God for what we have heard. For we are not a people without hope. We are not people who live with false hope. But we are children of the living God. We are those who have true hope. It is a hope that endures. It is a hope that is confident. It is a hope that is never lost. It is a hope that will never be cut off. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you are a minority. Those with true hope are a minority. But you are a blessed minority. Just say, thank you, Lord. I am not lost. I know where my future is. I know that my mansion is being prepared. I know where I'm going to be. I know, Lord, that I am going to see you face to face. And I am going to live with you for eternity. Tell him that. Tell him that. Tell him with confidence. Tell him with 
the, the, the most hope that you can have in your, in your, in your, in your voice, in your word. Talk to God right now and just say thank you. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for indeed we are a people of true hope. And Father God, to that we just want to say thank you, Lord, for what you have done, for how you have picked us up from the miry clay and given us a hope for tomorrow, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for these words which we heard right now, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we will not do anything. We will not let anything come and destroy that hope that is in us, Lord. We will not walk away from it, as many have. We will not be like those without any hope. Neither will we be deceived to think that we have hope when we actually don't have it. But Father God, we help us to live lives holy, godly lives, blameless lives, which is the type of life you want us to live. Father, we thank you for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless him and continue to use him as he ministers unto us and as he shepherds us, Lord. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take the seats, please, as we prepare for the Lord's table, for it is now time to celebrate the Lord's table. Now please remember that the Lord's table is a unique event that is celebrated by Christians everywhere, but is meaningfully celebrated by born-again Christians. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and we will read three verses. Matthew 26, reading from verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. To all those who are going to partake of the Lord's table today, please come forward remembering with a thankful heart what the Lord has done for you and for me. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ was broken for you and for me. His blood was shed for the remission of your sins and my sins. And remember that in his death and his resurrection, Jesus Christ has given us eternal life. He has broken the stranglehold of sin and death upon our lives. So those of you who are going to come forward, as you come forward, please come with an attitude of gratitude. Before you come, let's just take a moment to examine our lives and set it right before God, because that is an exhortation given to us in 1 Corinthians, that we examine ourselves. For we do not partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. 
take a moment to just reflect on your life. And if there is any unspoken sin, sin that you have not expressed to the Lord, do so right now. Just say, Lord, forgive me. For our God is a forgiving God. Our God chose to sacrifice his life so that you and I will live. Will he not forgive? All we need to do is say, Lord, forgive me for my shortcomings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's also pray for the Lord's table. Gracious Heavenly Father, we stand in grateful remembrance of the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Giving thanks for his supreme sacrifice and his perfect redemption gifted to us in him. And we ask you, Father, to sanctify these elements of bread and wine that the bread which we break may be in remembrance of the body of our Lord and the cup which we drink in remembrance of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we, have, as we mention each time, the Lord's table is for those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her own personal Lord and Savior and has obeyed the Lord in going through the waters of immersion baptism. If you haven't done this, please abstain from the Lord's table. Maybe you will think about it, study the scriptures, and find out what you need to do. For those partaking of the Lord's table, the ushers will guide you as you come forward. As you come forward, please do so with an attitude of gratitude. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the faces, draw and song. What highs of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ. I stand in Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God in heaven's pain, this gift of love. And righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. 
secure in the death of Christ. I There in the ground is body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, and bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory. Since God has lost his grip on me, for I am here and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No no fear in them. This is the power of Christ in me. From lifeless cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever blow. Or calls me home, you're in the power of Christ as stand. No guilt in life, no guilt in life, no power of fear. This is the power of Christ in me. From life first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of earth, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever blow me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. Amen. Amen. I want you to begin to appreciate God for this grace, gifts He has given to you. He gave you His flesh and He gave you His blood so that His life can be in us. Begin to appreciate and bless His name. Father, I thank you for this privilege. That the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, give me his flesh and give me his blood. I bless you, Jehovah. I appreciate you. We are not taking it for granted, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because it is a great privilege. Thank you for your love that made you, O oh Lord, to share your blood even for us. We give you praise. Talk to God and appreciate him. Thank him for his death on the cross of Calvary, which makes you a child of God today. We give you that hierarchy of being called a child of God. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. 
We appreciate you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. We are going to pray. Father, let me not take this flesh and your blood in vain. Help me, Lord, not to take it in vain. Let your power, let your strength, let the ability in the blood makes you, makes me, O oh Lord, to do your will. Make me to live your life because it is no longer mine, but your life. Begin to talk to God. Father, I don't want to take this blood and flesh in vain. Lord, I pray, enable me to live your life because it is no longer mine, but your life, Lord, in the name of Jesus. It is no longer mine, Lord, but your life because my life is in you, Jehovah. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I want you to talk to God in a few minutes concerning those things you want to testify. Because this is the presence of God where your joy is full. Talk to God about those things. You want to come to his presence to testify. This is an opportunity for you. Begin to talk to God. My Father, O oh Lord, we are in your presence where our joy is full. And you told, made us to understand we can do nothing except you, O oh Lord. My Father, my God, I will look up unto you today because, O oh Lord, you are the one that causes our joy to be full. You are the maker of heaven and earth. We look unto you, Lord, that you bring to pass this testimony in our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. For those who are worshiping with us for the first time, please, as you exit through this door, there will be uh, some brethren waiting to receive you and pray with you on this side. Praise the Lord. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let us share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, your goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord.